I could not be more excited to let you know about Pussy Temple, which is a one day immersive retreat coming up really soon in New York City on December 28th of this year. And this experience is designed to rebirth your erotic aliveness, your sensual power, and an embodied sense of confidence. So, in community, in sisterhood, it's a radical celebration reclamation and awakening of your sensuous body, your erotic essence, and deepest self-love. It's happening right before the new year. So if you've been calling in an experience to get crystal clear on your desires, to more fully embody the confidence and the expression and the true essence of who you are that already lives within you, you want to shed shame and feel far more connected to your body your sensuality, your sexual energy, your yoni, then this might just be for you. We'll be exploring really powerful practices that you can keep in your toolkit for the rest of your life, like pussy breathing, heart opening, yoni gazing, authentic relating, the somatic alchemy of shame, sex magic, primal embodiment, sensual dance, teachings on orgasm, pleasure, surrender, intimacy, and how to transmute numbness, tension, and pain into pleasure and aliveness. I'll also be diving into consent, boundaries, inner safety, and what a true yes and no uniquely feel like for you so that you have that as an embodied reference point going forward. And one of my intentions for this day retreat, yes, of course, is to be witchy and to do lots of energetic practices, but also to equip you with very practical, tangible, somatic, and tantric tools that you can actually integrate into your daily life, into your intimacy, and your pleasure practices. So if you're interested in gathering in person to unleash your sensual nature, claim your true desires, and really begin to rewire your nervous system to associate your pleasure, your liberation, your bigness, and intimacy with a sense of safety, celebration, and belonging, then I definitely invite you to check out the details for Pussy Temple. This is my first in-person event in the U.S., which makes it even more special. And you can go to bloomwithnadine.com and you will see all the way at the top of the homepage, there's going to be a banner that you can click for the details about Pussy Temple. I'll also be leaving a direct link in the show notes for you to check out. Let me know if you have any questions at all, and I hope to see you inside. Welcome to Soul Nectar, the podcast sanctuary where we dance in the intersection of that which is deemed sacred and profane, exploring what it means to embrace our full spectrum humanness while on the path of spiritual, erotic, emotional, and creative wholeness, liberation, and aliveness. I'm your guide, Nadine Hamilton, passionate coach and teacher of holistic sexuality devoted somatic practitioner, earth lover, writer, and lifelong student. From my heart to yours, thank you for being here. Hi, beautiful humans. I'm going to keep this intro super short and sweet so we can get right into the goodness. But this is actually a recording of a recent Instagram live stream that I did that I just felt on fire. And it was the first 
Instagram live that I had done in like over five months. And I went into so many different topics, starting off with the tantric approach and perspective to life, to love, to sex and relationships. And then (laughs) the conversation just went in a whole bunch of directions like inner child healing, animism, why you're not getting what you want, unshaming our desires for attention and being seen and owning your too muchness, how to actually feel your feelings, what you're truly chasing or avoiding in any situation, how to expand your nervous system's capacity for more life itself, why big emotions come up during sex, sex as a container for healing and expansion and growth and so much more goodness. So I'm going to leave it at that and let's dive right in. So without further ado, here is today's episode of Soul Nectar Podcast. Enjoy. I want to plant some seeds for whoever is willing and open to receive them of the way like the perspective and the mindset that I live my life now, which is so fundamentally different than how I did in the past. And it really allows me to feel this sense of like radical, radical, radical curiosity and playfulness in my life, even if really hard shit is happening. So that's what I want to talk about. So I started studying and exploring Tantra in 2018. And then I was kind of on and off studying and practicing and exploring and then really started diving a lot deeper towards the end of 2020. And I would not at this point in my life call myself necessarily a Tantra teacher because even though it's been a few years and a lot of study and devotion and practice, It is such a huge fucking lineage and tradition and even still, it still feels like I'm dipping my toes. But anyways, the transmission that I feel called to offer you is that in my perspective and in my current level of understanding, what makes something tantric, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a sexual experience, whether it's any kind of practice, is the union of awareness and witnessing and love and devotion, which could be related to the masculine energy archetype of the universe and the feminine energy archetype. So when we bring loving awareness to any situation, any moment in your life, that's when the deeper spirit, the deeper essence or divinity or lesson even of that moment or chapter of your life or situation that's when it's revealed when we bring loving awareness and especially within these last five months i've been going through a whole new awakening where things that previously i intellectually understood and i was reading about and studying and hearing about all the time i feel like in this last chapter of my life and currently, it's been sinking in and seeping in on a new level because true wisdom is when we've lived it and we feel it and we experience it. 
So a conversation that I've been having a lot with clients and friends and people in my life and something that I know a lot of people are interested in is how do we bring these tantric principles of loving awareness and witnessing and devotion to sexuality and to pleasure and intimacy and relationships? And first, what I want to note is that Tantra is a path to enlightenment. It's a path to awakening and actualization and in unraveling and pulling off all the layers of um, all your identity, identities, all of your beliefs, all of your narratives and stories and everything that you think you are. It's peeling back all of those layers so that you can become your truth. And it's recognizing that you are not your thoughts, you are not your emotions, you are the infinite, eternal consciousness beneath it all. So whether you're applying this to pleasure and sexuality and orgasm and intimacy or any other practice you want to do, like practice throughout your day, even when you're washing the dishes or taking a shower or walking your dog, whatever you're doing, practice being conscious of the fact that you are conscious. That practice alone is something that has taken me a while to fully get and for it to fully land in my system because mentally our minds aren't designed to be able to fully comprehend that concept. And rather than forcing your way there or thinking your way there or making it happen, Becoming conscious of the facts that you are conscious, that practice is something that you soften into, you open into, you relax into it, which is really hard for a lot of people in modern life because we're taught that in order to get somewhere, in order to experience or achieve or obtain something, we have to control, we have to manipulate, we have to be productive, we have to work really hard. So your awakening, your truth, your connection to all that is happens when you have the courage to release control and to be, to be. And that sounds theoretically like the easiest thing in the world, but it's actually really fucking hard, especially when we've gone a lifetime worrying and stressing and thinking and rationalizing and feeling like our core sense of safety and survival is dependent on us being in total control of everything. Your awakening and being conscious of the fact that you are conscious takes surrendering and releasing control and being with the undercurrent of consciousness and life that is ever-present including love. So many of us subconsciously are desperately grasping for a sense of love. And if you peel back the layers on a lot of the actions that you're taking, again, subconsciously, there's an unmet need there that you're convincing yourself that need will get met through this action. And through my practices, I've really been able to tap into the fact that the love, the safety, the acceptance, the belonging, the bliss, the joy, the beauty, anything we're ever fucking trying to grasp for, all of it 
is ever-present infinitely around us and within us. Even if we're grieving, even if we're frustrated, even if we're resentful and petty and jealous or whatever humanness is moving through us, it's always ever-present. And it takes getting still. It takes getting present. It takes releasing control and being with the mystery. And all of this can be applied to every single aspect of your life. In my experience, the best, juiciest, wildest sex and intimacy you could ever have happens when you feel safe enough to release control and surrender. And when you no longer think that your sex and your expression and your moans and your movements and your undulation and your orgasm has to look and feel and be a certain way. When you drop all limitations and narratives of what you think it needs to be or look like, you drop all that shit and you're present with how it wants to move you, that's when shit gets really juicy. And that's when you're able to feel, not only think and know intellectually, but feel in your fucking body that your sexuality is divine. Your sexuality is God. Your orgasm and your pleasure and your lust and your desire is the divine moving through you. And again, it takes this deep presence and surrender and meeting yourself moment to moment to moment to moment with loving awareness. And you're gonna fuck up, it's gonna be messy, you're gonna slip into old patterns, and then what you do is you catch yourself and you become aware of it and you meet it with loving awareness. So such a massive shift for me on my journey has happened when I view my entire life Nothing is exempt. My entire life as the practice. My entire life is the meditation. My entire life is the training ground. Everything, moment to moment to moment. Can I bring this moment, or sorry, can I bring consciousness to this moment? Can I bring love and awareness and presence and acceptance and celebration to this moment? And if you... If you listen to any um, discourses of enlightened masters like Osho or Ram Dass, there's so many incredible lectures and discourses to listen to, you'll note that they have this element of playfulness and this childlike essence to them. And I think, I know, so many of us, as we get older, we start to harden and we get serious And we disconnect from that like childlike wonder and awe and openness and curiosity and playfulness that we had when we were kids. And when we're kids, when we're really fucking young, like from the ages of zero to seven, that's when our entire belief systems are being constructed. And everything around us, especially our parents, everything that they're saying, we are absorbing it as truth because we see them as God. And so if you're a little kid and you're having a temper tantrum and you are met with someone saying, calm down, sit down, shut up, be quiet, sit still, you're bad, you're wrong, like whatever the message is, or or even just more subtly like, 
oh, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't a big deal. If you're met with anything other than just pure acceptance of whatever it is you're feeling, you will begin to internalize that external witness. Or if there's a lack of a witness, for example, maybe you're crying and crying and crying as a little kid and no one is there, you are internalizing that lack of a witness. And then you grow up as an adult and in your relationships, you are erasing your own inner witness. Or sorry, your own inner experience. And you start to bypass and gaslight your own emotions and your own experience and you don't trust yourself. Because when we were kids, we were taught not to trust ourselves indirectly. And that can be really fucking painful to sit with. Even though my professional practice is focused on sex and pleasure and intimacy, I would say like over 90% of my sessions that I have with clients, it's inner child work among many other things. But that's such a huge aspect of it is reconnecting with the innocence and the tenderness and the like helplessness of that inner child who so fucking desperately wants to be loved and wants to be seen and heard and accepted. That's it. That's all it fucking wants. And that can show up in your life in a lot of different undesirable ways different habits and patterns and relational cycles that you're in or continuously calling in unaligned partners who are always ghosting you or very avoidant or not valuing you. And if you take the time to sit with yourself and feel the unfelt feelings that you've been resisting and suppressing and avoiding for so long, you peel back the layers, I can almost guarantee you that beneath it all, is a scared shitless inner child who literally just wants to be seen. No matter what you're going through, if it's anger, anger, (laughs) I've been talking a lot all day, so my mouth is like not functioning. If it's anger, if it's grief, if it's whatever, if you related to it as if it were a little kid, that would change everything. I can't even tell you how many times I have seen this happen, okay? So I know this for sure, that if you meet it with loving awareness and acceptance, it naturally alchemizes almost immediately into your power, your wisdom, your gifts, a sense of clarity and direction, okay? Another thing is that most that I know of Most ancient indigenous cultures operated from a foundation of animism. Animist traditions and perspective is recognizing that absolutely everything in existence, everything in the natural world is conscious and is animate. It has a spirit, an essence, a soul, whatever you want to call it including everything in the natural world, including your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, your sensations, your desires, your fears, everything is animate and has consciousness and energy. Energy carries information. All of your emotions are carrying information. They are carrying golden nuggets of wisdom if we listen and if we approach it with honoring and acceptance. 
So if you try on this perspective for yourself of animism and you start to relate to everything as a fractal of consciousness, if something is conscious, what does that mean? It means you are in relationship with it, which means how you approach it, the energy that you approach it with and offer to it is inherently impacting whatever that thing is that you're in relationship with. What is your relationship like with your fear, with your grief, with your shame, with your guilt, with your pleasure, with your orgasm, with your sexuality? So something I talk, something I talk about a lot is how you feel about how you feel is more important than how you feel. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> how you feel about how you feel is more important than how you feel. And not important as in like putting it on some type of hierarchy, but important as in that's where the fucking gold is, okay? How do you relate to your sadness? How do you relate to whatever is going on within you? Because if you relate to it as a live or if you relate to it as a small child, when you approach it with tenderness and compassion and patience and loving acceptance, that's when it unravels and it softens. So this is really huge. If you have a lot of defensiveness, if your heart is really closed, if you have, again, a lot of like habits or patterns or cycles that you experience relationally, a lot of that are your inner protectors, okay? These are parts of your ego and parts of your mind that think that they're protecting you from something. So let me give you an example because I want this to really land. Let's say that Let's say that deep down, your soul, your essence, your core, like who you were as a child is wildly loving and caring and affectionate. And let's say as a kid, you went through a situation where you were consciously or subconsciously shown that it's not safe to be loving. In that instance, subconsciously, you would like grow a layer over that core essence of you being really loving and affectionate, you would grow another layer, an identity over that of being closed off and being protected, being withdrawn, maybe being avoidant. Because that protective layer believes that it's not safe for you to be loving. And if you subconsciously think it's not safe for you to experience something or feel something or be something or get something, then subconsciously you are going to prevent yourself from experiencing that at all costs. So that's why like on a conscious level, we can want something so badly and maybe we always cock block ourselves and we always self-sabotage. It's because subconsciously you believe it's unsafe for you to experience that thing. So it's going to be almost impossible for you to have it. So going back to the example, maybe now you're in this relational cycle of you meet someone, you're really into them, things are going really well, and then suddenly you don't have the capacity to receive that much love and so you push them away 
maybe you ghost them, you start a fight. Like there's some type of cycle that is preventing you from fully receiving all of the love and intimacy that is already available to you because you think it's not safe. And we think that's just who we are, but it's not. It's a false identity. It's a false layer that has been with us for so long that we can't even see it. And it becomes completely unconscious. We don't even know we're doing it. And so we project onto other people and we blame them. We say, you're the problem. You're doing this. You're the reason I feel this way. You're the reason this keeps happening. And we forget to look in the fucking mirror and to, with patience and compassion, (laughs) start to unwind all of the conditioning and the false narratives, okay? Because deep within you, I, I don't care if I don't know you, I know deep within you is a fiercely loving, wildly expressed, beautifully confident, gifted, wise, loving essence. I know that's within you. I've seen it enough times to know Okay, so even if you're having lots of relationship issues, even if you're awkward as fuck, even if you get social anxiety, um, I experience social anxiety, even if whatever it is you're going through, like there is so much love within you that wants to be expressed. And so many of us are fucking aching to be seen. We are aching to be seen. And when we're little kids, all we want to do is be seen. Right? If you're ever around a little kid, you know they're always like, look at this, look at this, look at me, watch me do this. And the moment you look and you say, wow, good job, like they're good and they go on doing something else. They want that moment of acknowledgement and recognition. And in our culture, we're taught, I believe for all genders, but I work mostly with women, so I'll speak through that lens. A lot of women have been conditioned to believe that that makes us conceited, that makes us vain, that makes us attention whores, and oh, she's just doing it for attention. And we're so ashamed of this hunger and this need within us to be seen. We think it makes us wrong or it makes us too much. There's so much fear around that, just the too muchness. Like, oh, I'm I'm too dramatic, I'm too sensitive, I'm too emotional, I'm too all over the place. I'm too messy. I'm too this. I'm too that. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not too much. And you're not not enough. What would happen if you believed that for yourself? And you gave yourself radical fucking permission to be all that you are in the bigness and the audaciousness, if that's a word, of your desires and your expression and your emotions. And one of the many reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because I am a very, very, very highly sensitive person. Oh my God. Like I have big feelings and I have for my entire life. Like I remember being a little kid, every single birthday party I had, I was crying. I was the birthday girl in my big fancy dress and the like birthday hat crying hysterically alone in my room. Um, Yeah, I've been a big feelings girl for my whole life. And for a very long time, I made that wrong. And I thought it's too much. I thought, oh God, like 
how am I going to be cut out for a relationship? How am I going to be cut out to be a business owner or an entrepreneur? But your sensitivity, excuse me for the corniness, I'm just going to fucking say it. Your sensitivity is a superpower, is a fucking superpower. Like, I don't say that lightly. I would not take away my sensitivity for the world now. If you asked me that a long time ago, I would have said, take it, take it. Oh my God, your sensitivity is a gift. It really is. Your ability to feel, are you kidding me? That's why we're here. That's why we're humans on this planet. When you are a sensitive person, you have this superpower and this ability to tune into the subtle realms and to be sensitive enough to attune to intuition and energy and other people and nature and to be able to use your body and use your sensitivity and use your emotions as a vessel for literally infinite connection with all that is. And humans are sentient beings. Your ability to feel, in my experience, puts you on the fast fucking track to spiritual connection and awakening and like universal wisdom because you're sensitive enough to feel it. It's already there. It's literally like a soup of cosmic consciousness that we are eternally swimming in and your sensitivity allows you to tap into it rather than be so numb and closed off from it. And it's really interesting to notice What do you grasp for when you're uncomfortable? Just notice without shame, without blame or judgment, just notice. Is it pizza? Is it chocolate? Is it social media? Is it sex? Is it drugs? Is it porn? Is it weed? Like, what do you reach for? Or what is like some habit or some addiction? I have a lot of thoughts about addiction that maybe that's for another life. Um... What is it that you're grabbing? And in that moment of you grabbing for something, again, whether it's eating or sex or scrolling, take a moment to just pause and ask yourself, what do I not want to feel right now? Ooh, that's good practice. And it invites you to be with the thing that you've been resisting for maybe an entire lifetime. What are you resisting in that moment? Don't judge yourself. Don't shame yourself. Just become aware of it. Because once you're aware of it, that's when we can work with it. That's when we can alchemize it and choose a new destiny for ourselves. So ask yourself, what am I resisting? What do I not want to feel right now? And then if you're in a space and you have the time to do so, can you let yourself feel it? And I know, especially on social media, there's a lot of messaging around, feel your feelings, feel your feelings. And I'm a huge advocate for that. And also, I know for a lot of people, that's really confusing. And they're like, okay, great, I want to do that. But practically, how the fuck do I do that? (laughs) If I've gone a whole life avoiding feelings and pushing them down and suppressing them and being taught that it's not safe or socially acceptable to feel them, how do I do that? So practically, for me... It involves, hmm, there's a lot of different practices, but let's go with this one. It involves breath and awareness. If you really want to get crazy, you could also alchemize it with movement and sound. That's really powerful for moving energy within you. But let's 
Let's start at the beginning. Okay, so you notice yourself grasping for something. You become aware of it and you're like, oh, I know this pattern. So you stop, you pause, and you ask yourself, what do I not want to feel right now? What is so uncomfortable that I need to avoid it or numb it away? So for an example, let's say it's loneliness. I know a lot of people can relate to that. So notice it's lon- it's loneliness and that's why I'm reaching for my phone. It's because deep down I really want to feel connected. I want to feel seen. Um, yeah, I want to feel connected. So in that moment, a practical practice that you can do is, first of all, take a deep breath. That always helps the body to just land here because your breath is only ever happening in the present moment. So right away, it's going to bring you back to this moment right here. Take a deep breath and scan your body with your awareness and notice physiologically. Ooh, honestly, that's a hard word for me sometimes. So I'm really proud of myself for saying it. Physiologically, where in your body is the discomfort or is the loneliness? So in this situation, let's say it's in your heart. So then bring your awareness to your heart. And if that's really hard for you to do, I suggest putting your hand there. It helps just to lock in your awareness and a sense of presence. Bring your awareness into the center of that feeling in your heart and just be with it for a moment. Breathe into it. And when you breathe into it and you bring your awareness there, you will feel how every feeling, every emotion is sensations. It's literally sensations in the body. So whether you're desperately wanting something or you're trying to get away from something, all you're ever chasing or avoiding is sensations in the body. So the more you can be with it and you can bring your awareness to it and you can breathe into it and stay with it, just stay with it, stay with it, stay with it, that is inherently expanding your nervous system's capacity to be with greater amounts of sensation, which means You can be with discomfort and pain and big emotions without it completely throwing you off and dysregulating you. And it also gives you a greater capacity to be with ecstasy and bliss and intimacy and joy and orgasm. It literally is stretching you wider and wider every single moment that you spend being with a sensation. That's what you're doing. So a lot of us are trying to like manifest something or call in more money or a dream partner, but we don't yet have the nervous system physiological, there's that word again, capacity to be with that level of sensation. Because with more money, with more love, with more beauty, with more whatever it is you're calling into your life comes more sensation. And you have to have the capacity to be with that, right? So if you want this beautiful dream partnership that is sacred and conscious and healing and sexy and all of these things, with that comes a lot of sensation in the body. Because when you have deep intimacy with someone, that comes with the sensations of vulnerability, exposure, and being able to give and receive love, which again, many of us have associated for a long ass time with literally a threat to our survival. So going back to the practice, 
you're sitting there, hands on your heart, you're breathing in and out of your heart, you're being with the sensations, and you will notice how sensations are its energy, okay? And what does energy want to do? It wants to move. It wants to move. Emotion, emotion, energy in motion. It wants to move. It wants to be expressed through you. So when we keep pushing it down, when we keep avoiding it, when we keep numbing out with food and drugs and sex and porn and all of these things, subconsciously we are shoving these emotions down, down, down into our system, which takes so much fucking energy to keep doing that over time. So we're depleting and draining our energy every time we're resisting our emotions. And then we show up to sex with a partner and when you're getting turned on, when there's a lot of activation and sexual energy moving through you, sexual energy is life force energy. So it's naturally going to move and clear out any stagnant emotions or energy that is lingering within you. So then when you're having sex with your partner and suddenly you feel like, different emotions coming up maybe you feel grief or you feel rage or you feel something coming up we make ourselves wrong and we think we're broken and we need to be fixed and we're like god why am i feeling this emotion i'm supposed to look a certain way during sex instead of recognizing that the intelligence of your body and your own energy is moving energy through you that is ready to be released and moved because it's been shoved down there for so long. And a lot of people, especially women, experience big emotions during sex because sex is, it's so tender, it's so innocent, and it's like hitting you, reaching you at the core of your being. It's like, to the bone. It's so vulnerable. It's so exposed. It's so intimate. And it can be really activating for the nervous system. So when we start to naturally feel emotions during sex and we shove it back down, that's literally just perpetuating that cycle over and over again of emotions coming up. Oh my God, I can't feel that. Push it back down. Okay. Emotions coming up. Oh my God, I can't feel that. Push it back down. And it just happens again and again. So It's so incredibly healing to have sex with someone who is aware of what I'm talking about right now and who is willing and eager to create an intentional environment in which your sex and your intimacy can also be a space for healing and for growth and for exploration and curiosity and meeting new parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed. So many people are having vanilla-ass sex, and there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex, okay? What I'm referring to is sex that it's not hitting us in those deeper levels that we're so hungry for. Our hearts aren't open and connected. Our bodies aren't relaxed and open and fluid and feeling safe. So at the core of this is a foundation of safety. You have to feel safe with your partner and you have to feel safe with yourself. And that shit takes time. So if you're not there yet, that's okay. And trust me, the vast majority of people on this planet don't yet feel that. So you're not alone. But safety has to be the foundation. It really does. A big reason that I see why women are so 
shut down and debilitated and contracted during sex and they feel so fearful of fully unleashing like their wildness and their pleasure and their sacred slut is because they don't feel safe within themselves and or they don't feel safe with their partner. And when I feel safe, I mean like this deep nervous system level sense of groundedness and like security in yourself that you feel safe enough to let loose and surrender and lose control. Historically, for thousands of years now, we've been taught, I was kind of talking about this earlier, but we've been taught that our sense of safety and security and well-being and even respectability and social acceptability in the world is dependent on how like rigid and square and controlled we are. And we have to operate like these fucking, I don't know, civilized robots when we're walking through the world. And I believe a lot of that is this deep-seated fear of the feminine. Because the feminine as an energy and an archetype is darkness and mystery and the unknown and unpredictability and wildness and emotions and sensitivity and intuition and cyclical nature. And that goes against everything that colonized patriarchal puritanical conditioning and society tells us is good and right and not sinful. And so we put ourselves in these rigid little boxes and we don't let that inner wildness, that inner mystery and emotion and fluidity, we don't let that loose. And then we get physically ill and we wonder why. We're like, I'm doing all the things. I'm taking all the steps that society told me would get me success and happiness and I still feel so empty inside. Connect to your fucking wildness. Connect to the fact that you are a part of nature. Connect to your inner darkness. That is going to introduce you to so many aspects of yourself that we have collectively been disconnected from. And that's One of the reasons why I'm very passionate about creating spaces in which people feel safe and celebrated and loved and accepted enough to fully fucking let loose because there's so much that is suppressed within us. And again, we're aching to be held. We're aching to be known and seen and loved and accepted for all of who we are. And we need that. It's medicine. So as a coach, There's so much that I do in my sessions. There's so many different techniques and tools and practices and modalities. And if I showed up to a session with a client and literally all I did was just hold them and witness them with loving awareness, they would transform and they would alchemize years and years of stagnant emotions and traumatic experiences and energy that wasn't yet able to move through them. If all you do is witness yourself or someone else with loving awareness, that is enough to alchemize. Simple, but not always easy. Loving awareness. Ooh, I feel proud of myself because that like really beautiful, beautifully ties into how I started this live. I feel proud. Loving awareness. Okay, that was a lot of talking, so I'm gonna scroll through the comments and see if I missed anything. Um, feel free to ask me any questions. 
Let's see. Abriel, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Abriel also cried at birthday parties. So I'm not alone. We were the birthday party criers. Yeah, I remember like, I remember being a little girl and like all my little friends were at my birthday party and every year I would run to my room and I would just cry. And I remember just feeling this deep sense of loneliness and not being accepted, even though it was my birthday party and all my friends were there. That, I don't know, I need to go or I want to go deeper into that. But I just remember feeling like this overwhelming loneliness and like not belonging. That's actually been a core wound of mine throughout my life, this feeling of not belonging. And it's been very interesting to notice like so many different situations and relationships and instances in my life where I particularly felt like I didn't belong. And now having the awareness that I have looking back on that, it's interesting to see how so much of that was self-created. Like I unconsciously created specific scenarios and situations and relational dynamics where I did not belong, right? Because if we have this core identity, even if it's false and it's not the true us, if we have this identity or this attachment to something, we will do everything in our power to prove ourselves right. So if I have this subconscious identity or belief system that's saying, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I don't belong. Ooh, that rhymes. Um, then subconsciously, I will keep creating different situations to prove myself right. Up, see, I don't belong, I don't belong. And even though on a conscious level, that's something I didn't want. Of course, I want to belong. Subconsciously, I associated that with a sense of safety. And that might be a mind fuck. But that was like my comfort zone. That's what was familiar. To, that's what was familiar to me was isolating myself. So that's the situation and the dynamic that I kept creating over and over again. Very interesting. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you and all the knowledge you share. I appreciate you back. Thank you for saying that. I still feel like that on my birthday and I'm 26. Like I don't even like to celebrate it. Yeah. Birthdays are so tender. It's a whole thing. I've had this conversation a lot, actually. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. I think also because, I mean, it can be so many different reasons, but like if you were raised in a culture where birthdays are a big thing, I think as a little kid, like there's so much um, hype around it and there's so much expectation and like all eyes are on you. So... Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot there. <laughs> um, and expectations of, oh, you should feel this way on your birthday. You should be doing this. You should be surrounded by friends and loved ones. And for a lot of people, that's just not a reality in that moment. So, ooh, one of the words I just love so much is permission. I say that word a lot permission to feel exactly how you fucking feel whether it's on your birthday whether it's during sex whether it's whatever permission to feel how you feel and how we're able to uncover the jewel the gem the wisdom in it and i believe a gem and wisdom is available to us in every single moment 
Um, wow, I just totally forgot my train of thought. I think I was, <laughs> oops, I think I was about to say, oh, how we uncover, <laughs> how we uncover the gem within it is to be with it with loving awareness and not try to make it something else. So in my experience, bliss is the intersection of acceptance and presence. And presence is the ability to fully be with this moment and this moment and this moment and this moment exactly as it is without needing it to be anything more or anything less. And acceptance, it's very similar to that. <laughs> acceptance is, yeah, again, just not needing this moment to be anything more or anything less. Being with it exactly as it is. And to add on to presence, I would say presence is also fully inhabiting this moment. I love that word, inhabiting. Um, inhabiting this moment, being in this moment here and now. And that is bliss. And we also tend to think, we tend to think a lot of things, but we think that um, if we're sad, it needs to look a certain way. If we're grieving, it needs to look a certain way. If we're going through something really hard, it needs to go a certain way. But guess what? Humans and reality is paradoxical as fuck. And it has nuance and layers and contradictions Okay, if you can hear me and see me, can you comment that you can hear me and see me, please? I have um, I have a setting on my phone at 8.30. All my apps are locked, so that's what happened, and I unlocked it. But let me know if you can hear me, and I will keep talking. Or give me a heart or something. Yes, your back froze for a second. Thank you. Thank you for confirming. Um, I can't remember what I was talking about bliss i was talking about bliss all right i'm gonna take a breath and see what else <laughs> wants to be said thank you for hanging in there with me <sighs> Ooh, i remember what i was saying okay presence is fully inhabiting this moment um there's a lot of like meditative practices that I like to incorporate in my life, like literally no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm just walking down the street. Um, and one of them is feeling myself sit, how can I say this? Like sitting in myself, sitting in the seat of my center. And this is going to look and feel different for different people. There's no way to do this right or wrong. It's whatever feels right for you. But when I imagine and feel myself like sitting within myself and inhabiting my center, my core, my beingness from the root of my spine all the way up to my crown, it like whoosh, like recenters me. And we're so unconscious sometimes of how much of our awareness and our energy, our attention, our thoughts are outside of ourselves. We have so much mental buzzing energy all the time and we feel so foggy and this lack of clarity. And it's like when you bring your awareness to the core of your being and you feel yourself, your beingness, your awareness, your consciousness seated in yourself at least for me, it brings me back to this deep sense of 
groundedness and this sense of, okay, I'm here, let's go. Another beautiful visualization that I like to do is actually inspired by, wait, I need some water, hold on. Um, a while ago, maybe a month or two ago, I shared a reel talking about this, but one of my favorite teachers once was telling the story of when she first met one of her teachers and her teacher, the teacher's teacher, was a Taoist nun in China. And my teacher was like seeking out this woman for a long time. And when she finally got to her monastery, it was like this really big deal. And so she walks up to this Taoist nun and I just love how she described it. She, my teacher described this first encounter as she's approaching this woman, this master, Taoist master for the first time. She said it was like being in the presence of someone who you would have to flip over the entire world in order to knock this woman over or in order to shake her. Like this woman is so rooted, so grounded. Like you could feel her roots growing deep down into the earth and she was just fully here. Her presence filled up the entire room. And she, another thing she said was that it was like being in the presence of someone who you know and you could feel in your body that what you were seeing in front of you was just like the tiniest tip of the iceberg. And so when my teacher was telling this story of this encounter, something about that last sentence just really stayed with me, right? Like being in the presence of this woman, this master Taoist nun, was like being in the presence of the tip of an iceberg. And so I started really playing with that both in like seated meditation and then also in active dynamic meditation. And even when I'm going about my life, like walking through the woods or walking down the street, I literally feel myself as the tip of an iceberg. I feel my energy and my, um, my body as the tiniest tip. And I feel my energy and my awareness and my beingness like expanding out and down, feeling my energy going deep, 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 deep down into the earth. And just with that awareness, I notice myself like physically taking up more space. I feel my shoulders rolling back, my spine getting straighter, my chin is lifting. I feel my butt unclenching and my pelvis like sinking into my pelvis. My feet are more grounded on the earth. I even feel my lungs taking up more air. So it's so interesting how just like playing with your awareness and visualization and playing with like how you relate to your energy and how you visualize your energy, it instantly impacts your energy, and also your physical body and your presence. It really shifts everything. And when you walk in a room, people feel your energy. They feel your presence. Like constantly, unendingly, our bodies are having conversations with each other. Even right now, I mean, I can't see you, but you can see me. And our bodies are unconsciously scanning all the other bodies and faces around us constantly over and over and over, moment to moment, and scanning for, is this person safe? Can I trust them? Are they coherent? Meaning, 
is how they feel on the inside matching and congruent with how they're expressing themselves externally. We're constantly scanning for are the words that are coming out of their mouth congruent with the tone of their voice and their facial expression and their body language or is there like a lack of congruence? Do they mean what they say or are they faking it? We're constantly scanning for that. So that's why you can meet someone and literally within two seconds, you can have a feeling like, oh, I don't know about that person. Something feels a little off. I don't know what it is. Or, oh my God, I love that person. Like I need more of them in my life. Oh my God, oh my God, I'm obsessed with them. Like it's our bodies are feeling into them and also energetically that's happening as well. Okay, I think I'm gonna leave it at there. Wow, that was really fun. I can't believe I haven't done this in five months. And like I said, I used to come on live on Instagram so, so often. So it feels good to be back. Um, but before I go, I want to mention a special invitation. If you are in the New York City area or if you want to travel to the New York City area, I'm hosting a one-day immersive women's retreat in New York City on December 28th. This is my very first in-person event in the U.S., which feels really exciting because I was born here. So it feels really special to be offering this medicine in person to my roots. But yeah, it's called Pussy Temple, and it is a guided journey to reclaim your erotic aliveness, your sensual power, and your deepest self-love in community, in sisterhood, and in a sacred, intentional, trauma-informed, ceremonial setting. We're going to do sex magic. We're going to do sensual dance and embodiment practices. We're going to do yoni gazing. I'm going to be offering a lot of teachings and practices on sensuality, intimacy, orgasm, sexuality, and it's going to be magical. And it's right before the new year. So think of how powerful this time of the year is in general. It's a really beautiful, potent time for reflection for getting clear on your desires and your path moving forward, for claiming what you want. And we're going to be doing a lot of that in this retreat. And I would love to have you join us. So if you want to come, you can go to the link in my bio and there's all the details there and the link to sign up. You could also send me a DM if you have any questions whatsoever. And I know when it comes to anything really around our sexuality like a lot of people can feel really intimidated or nervous or anxious or they could doubt themselves or think, oh, that's not for people like me or I wouldn't belong there. And whatever story you're telling yourself, I think it might be bullshit. And I think you do belong here and you are welcome here. And even if you're nervous, even if you've never done anything like this before, you are welcome here. And something that I really emphasize in everything that I do, whether it's a class or a course or a coaching, is for you to listen to and honor your truth and your body above all. So I'm really going to emphasize that in this retreat as well of no matter what I guide you through, no matter what we're doing, I want you to attune to and honor and listen to your body 
and what are you a yes and a no to. And I'm also going to be guiding you through different practices and exercises for you to get really clear on what a yes and a no looks like and feels like for you so that you can have that reference point going forward. So whether you're making decisions, whether you're figuring out if a relationship is right for you, whether you're having sex and you can't tell what you want, what you don't want, now you're going to have this reference point for, oh, this is what it feels like when I'm a yes to something. This is what it feels like when I'm a no. Okay, so that's my invitation. Come, come, come. You are so welcome here. And I want to hug you and connect with you and tell you that I love you in person. So join us in New York. Okay. I like don't want to leave right now. This was really fun. But yeah, thank you for tuning in. If you made it to the end of this, then I celebrate you. And I hope you are doing at least one little baby thing today that nourishes you and replenishes you and connects you to a sense of pleasure and goodness and safety and love. Even if it's literally taking two seconds to put your hand on your heart and take a deep breath and just feel your beating heart and remind yourself that you're alive, you're here, you survived, you fucking did it, and you have a whole entire life ahead of you. Okay, love you. Bye. Congratulations on making it to the very end of a podcast episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Make sure to leave a rating and a review to support the show and help more lovely souls like yourself to discover these conversations. It really makes a massive difference. If you screenshot your review and you email it to Nadine at bloomwithnadine.com, you'll be sent a free transformational masterclass as well as a chance to win a private somatic coaching session with me. If you got something out of listening, remember to send this episode to your friends, lovers, and family, and to share it on your social media and tag me at Bloom with Nadine. I would absolutely love to hear how this landed for you. I'm sending so much love, and I hope to meet again in the next episode.